What's up, everybody, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, August 6th, 2020. I am your host, Imran Khan, and joining me is the one, the enviable Tim Geddes. How you doing today, Tim? I'm doing real good. Uh, I'm doing I was gonna bring real you. good. Doing? So I did that last <laughs> night, and I thought you liked that tweet, so I'm like, oh yeah, Tim's going to go for it too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For audio <laughs> listeners, what we were talking about is Imran and I are two of the craziest people in the world and we still have every single spirit in super smash brothers ultimate so here's the thing does your say 1420 yes it does so that's not the full list what that is i got told this on twitter and i ignored it because like i don't want to think about it but there's four octopath spirits that are not back in the rotation yet so those are the ones that we still have to get what <laughs> fucking how is that possible they don't show up unless you have something after them in the spirit list so they don't have the like blank spots there <sighs> yeah i don't get it every time there's an update it should just update to everything up to that point you would think so oh and this yet- is a fool's game that we're playing here Ron. why do we do it to ourselves i at this point it's more like i want to have it constantly i want to have that number full more than mm-hmm. i actually care about it at all yeah. Like the gameplay is like whatever. Okay, I'll I'll throw in Min Min. I'll put on the the electric ball thing, and then every spirit fight is super easy. Super easy. But, but that's the thing. Yeah. That's the worst part about this. And I, I know that so much of our audience doesn't give a shit about this. But you know what? This matters to us. So <laughs> give us a second to, to to talk about this. The thing that I hate most about it is I still love the creativity that goes into each of the spirit fights. I love how weird and bizarre some of the spirits added are. It's like cool. Obviously, Ring Fit Adventure. You're gonna get some, but they'll just like have some random third party stuff show up and you're like how are they still making these licensing deals to just yeah. get get this character in like this by far is the wildest collaboration on a video game of all time and, and we'll never see something like this again like almost every single video game ip in some shape or form is represented in this game or at yeah. least every company maybe not ip but every company is is represented that's insane the amount of love and care and all that stuff put into it and sure our spirits are so beefed up now that these fights are stupid easy. Like the thing will mm. pop up and be like, your fighter's going to be weak against this. And I'm like, sure it is. Okay. <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's still go. But then we still need to do that stupid ass mini game after the spirit fight with the, the stupid laser that goes mm-hmm. around. That's the hardest part of the game. It is. And I like, there's a number of them where I've, I've missed it. And I've been like, okay, it seems dumb to spend SP to try it again, but I'm going to do that. Because I don't want to do this fight again and then do the shot again and like maybe yep. miss it one more time. Well, and also, what do we need SP for now? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes. What the fuck are we doing with our lives? What is this show, Imran? <laughs> this is kind of funny games daily, and today we are talking about the nerdy video game news you need to know about. And the stories they include: XCloud is ditching iOS. Chris Dynamics talks more about Spider-Man exclusivity. Nintendo smashes sales records. Before we get into any of that, we got to talk about housekeeping a little bit. We got a shout out to our friends Gary Weta and Steven Spawn. Gary had Selena Gomez on Animal Talking last night, which is crazy. I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, is Gary is Gary involved in some payola scheme to pay off celebrities? Because otherwise, none of it makes sense. It doesn't seem like real world. It thing. doesn't make sense having a mystery guest after you've already had Brie Larson, after you you already had T Pain and Sting. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, we're gonna have a mystery guest, and it's Selena Gomez. Like and performing, performing perform- on the show, a song, and like giving like an interview where she's like, th- "Did you see that Billboard wrote an article about her?" 
I did. It's insane. All of this I... is complete. Like, it legitimately does not. We'll talk about like the cultural impact of Animal Crossing a little bit later, but it legitimately does not seem like a real thing that's happening. Exactly. I I, I love to see it, man. Gary killing the game. But speaking of celebrities, Steven Spawn put up a video for Able Gamers with Ryan Reynolds, the one, the only Van City Ryan. I love it, man. He's doing it. I got, seeing Steven do his thing is, is fantastic. And I love that there's been, you know, and a lot of it's been wrapped in some unfortunate or horrible things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like this year has seen a lot of progress when it comes to, uh, you know, making efforts to make different voices heard. And I think that what uh, Steven's been doing with Able Gamers for years is so important to our industry. And I love seeing it finally kind of get the limelight in such a, a major way. And you look at like the, uh, all the effort that Microsoft's been putting in over the years, both in its games, but also in its hardware for accessibility. And you look at PlayStation and with Naughty Dog and what they did with Last of Us 2, which was like mm -hmm. unprecedented, but hopefully becoming a new standard. Um, and yeah, seeing celebrity uh, endorsement for someone like Ryan Reynolds is like such a, a major push for something that is so important. Yeah, a lot of those accessibility things you mentioned are things that came about because of people like Spawn or because of him exactly because of him like beating that drum loudly and long enough that companies are trying to take notice and mm -hmm. do the things that are probably necessary for getting everyone inclusive into gaming yep very cool we got a huge day of streams today tim today where you guys nick blessing andy and greg are streaming fall guys at 2 p.m but before that mm -hmm. there is the state of play which you guys are going to be live reacting to earlier today. We will be today. live reacting to the PlayStation State of Play. The don't worry, everyone. Do not get hyped about this. It is not going to be a big deal. We're talking about PS4 games that are after Ghosts of Tsushima and Last of Us 2. What could this be? 40 minutes of content. What? I'm pretty excited. I'm that pretty excited to see what... Here's, here's why I'm excited, Imran. Mm -hmm. Because they've set our expectations so mediocrely <laughs> that like anything even kind of cool is going to be like oh that's neat but i'm most excited for the format of this state of play we've never seen a state of play nearly this long and this is the first proper state of play we nintendo direct set the model right and they mm -hmm. have nintendo direct they have their one game nintendo directs they have their mini <laughs> nintendo direct minis now they have their partner showcases all this stuff and there's been so many different brandings but you and me being the hardcore Nintendo crazy people, mm -hmm. we know the differences between the Nintendo Directs. Right. We've already seen State of Play kind of adopt the one game uh, style with both Last of Us and Ghost. So now this is going to be the first return to a real Nintendo Direct, a real State of Play since forever. Last year, it was the RS3 yeah. remake. That was the, that was, because we got up at like, we got to the studio at like six fucking a.m. Mm -hmm. to record a re reaction mm -hmm. to that thing, and like that was the last time they had like a really huge game or like not a really huge reveal. So this one, I know there's any ex expectations, but I'm feeling a little bit hype because of the way okay. they phrased it. When they say no big PS5 announcements, to me that says like we're not saying hardware or date, but that doesn't preclude like I don't know. We'll see. Like a big third party game, who knows? I'm not saying there's gonna be one. I'm saying I. I I have my mind open for it. I just hope that this isn't embarrassingly bad. Like, I hope that it's a, it's a format that works better than the state of plays have in the past because they always felt a little bit sterile. Like, they always felt like they were missing a, a voice, 
ironically, yeah. even though I think the voice might be one of the biggest problems it has. But I feel like Nintendo Direct has a, a pacing to it and a fun and a Nintendo charm that the state of play is so far. Uh, when we're seeing something that feels like a bot spot, it really feels like a bot spot yeah. as c- compared to like how Nintendo does it. And again, it took Nintendo years to get this right. Like, God damn, it took them so long. Um, but I'm hoping that the PlayStation's kind of been like, look, let's make this new format. Let's get out of the PS4 era with, with the new defining state of play so that we know what to expect in the future when they do these for PS5, hopefully pretty frequently. I think in a worst case scenario, it'll be like Resident Evil 8 updates. And that's like, that'll still be pretty cool. I would love I mean, to do that's some cool. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that'd be rad. But like every time they have a big reveal for those shows, they start it with a certain sound. Like the FS7 yep. remake was like the FS7 like menu, or not menu sound, mm-hmm. but like the opening screen. RE3 had the Resident Evil sound. Yeah. I wonder what this one is going to be that sets everyone's mind. Like, is it going to be a Silent Hill sound? That's is a, be- that is a very, very, very good observation. Yeah. It, imagine it's the siren from Silent Hill. Yeah, that would be that would be the way to get everyone to like, oh shit, I need to stay for the full 40 minutes because who the fuck knows is gonna happen. But but here's the thing, like they've <sighs> I almost don't want that to be the case. Because mm-hmm. if Silent Hill is being made, I love that we're already going off on a tangent here, <laughs> but if Silent Hill is going to be made on PlayStation and especially gonna be shown here. I, I am. Do you agree with me that it, it would? It's probably going to be exclusive yes. to PlayStation if Silent Hill is being made. Yeah. So if that's the case, it would be a partnership in some way with a PlayStation Studios. Yeah, I'm. They said no worldwide studios games. I guess that doesn't preclude like Konami is working on this mainly, and we're working with them. Because I, I guess, yeah, who knows? I because the, I, the, I, re- I the reason I say that I'm. The reason I say that like I, I'd be worried if that were to happen is that if they're going to be this transparent in messaging of what's going to be at this thing and then they drop a megaton like that, I feel like that sets them up for failure every other time in the future when they say only expect this and then there is a, a big bomb, you know? But also uh, Nintendo we've seen that, with that Nintendo. all the time. Remember, oh, like, exactly. And we've seen one, that like, turn into chaos. <laughs> yeah, this is only games for the next two months. By the way, here's Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever. Like, it's the that kind of thing Nintendo pulls all the fucking time. Sony could say to do that. Because, like, worst case scenario, like, they do a couple of disappointing shows after that. And that's probably fine because no one cares. Yeah, yeah. But you will be able to react to that state of play live at 1 p.m. Pacific. Right after that, like I said, Nick Blessing, Andy, and Greg are streaming Fall Guys at 2 p.m. Pacific. Then Friday... Those guys are also streaming of the Avengers beta at 2 oh, p.m. Yeah. Pacific. You will find all that on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and later, after the fact, on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. I'd like to thank our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad and Blackjack. And today, we're brought to you by Hims. But Tim will tell you about that later. Mm-hmm. For now, let's get into whatever, or what is and whatever will be, forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time to exhaust the Spider-Man conversation even more. Because mm-hmm. Scott Amos of Crystal Dynamics, the director of uh, Marvel's Avengers, has come out to talk a little bit about that Spider-Man exclusivity. He talked with IGN Japan. IGN Japan has reported on the reasoning behind Spider-Man's appearance as exclusive DLC character on the PS4 and PS5 versions of Marvel's Avengers, explained by Crystal Dynamics studio head Scott Amos. The announcement of the upcoming edition of Spidey through the roster of Heroes of 2021 was welcomed by PlayStation fans, but those who plan to play Marvel's Avengers and other systems have been less enthused. The inclusion of Spider-Man is a unique opportunity for us because of the relationship of the PlayStation Marvel have, Amos told IGN Japan. So I'm skipping around a little bit to get his main quotes here. Amos said, 
the beauty of Spider-Man and what Spider-Man represents as a character in the world is, again, it comes back to the relationship with PlayStation and Marvel, Emo said. We happen to be, once you can execute and deliver when it comes down to choices of where and what Spider-Man can be, that's a relationship question that PlayStation absolutely has the rights to. That, as you guys know, with Sony's ownership there, and Marvel was Sony saying, hey, this is something we could do. This is something we could do on this platform. Skip so in let's stop little... there. Let's okay, stop there yes. real quick. Imran, that quote is that is... the case? No. I mean, yeah. that is not publicly known to be the case. If Sony has like a backroom deal with Marvel that has never been published, then maybe. But, it, but, but it, I mean, it can't. Yeah. Because Spider-Man's in he's been other games. games. Yeah. Like, it would have to be a deal that was made after Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 at least started development, which would have been probably, let's say, optimistically two to three years ago. I don't see it happen. Like, But how would that have happened? Because Spider-Man was before it on yeah. PS4. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any way that there's a there's no legitimate way that Sony has the video game rights to Spider-Man. If that is the case, it is such a like hidden deal, and it's weird that nobody is just saying like, yeah, no, they absolutely have it. It's this to me seems like Scott Amos going, uh, okay, so actually like looking at the quote, the quote says, uh, let's see, that's a relationship question that PlayStation absolutely has the rights to. That I don't think he's saying PlayStation has the rights to Spider-Man the game. I think he is saying. Or Spider-Man in games, period. He's saying Got it. so they have the rights to that question. Got it. Which okay. I think, I think the larger thing is him going, <laughs> stop asking us about this. This is Sony's thing. Talk to yeah. them. Because he Got knows it. Sony's not going to answer that question. Got that it. Got said, it. I think this confusion is exactly what Sony wants and exactly why they paid for Spider-Man and Avengers. Because they want to lock up the rights to Spider-Man be like when you think Spider-Man, you the most popular superhero ever, you want to think PlayStation. Yeah, and I think Sony wants that. And I think they they fucking love this the fact that people are wondering like, does Sony own Spider Man? Because if you're gonna if you're a Spider Man fan and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna buy a PS5 for Miles Morales, or maybe I'll wait and see how that game is. Maybe wait for Spider Man Two. Now you're thinking like, oh shit, all Spider Man stuff is just gonna be on PlayStation from now on. So I'm just gonna fucking buy a PS5. Yeah, God, it's crazy. It's crazy and it kind of sucks. Remember when like, the PS3 had Spider Man movie font? Yes, and then they were like, yeah, we loved it from the movies, and that was like, it? That was the only explanation? It's like, okay, cool. And now it's just, they're they're getting so far, they're getting so behind Spider-Man as a license that it is actually a little bit confusing. Like, it wasn't that long ago that they, was it a rumor or was it an announcement that they were pulling the rights to Spider-Man for the MCU? That they were going to just make their own movies, no more Marvel involvement? I mean, that was, at this point, a year ago. Yeah. But they like ended up fixing that in a undisclosed deal. Yeah, the I mean it's thing, fairly disclosed. Like, yeah. we, we we know a lot of the details on it. The only thing I can think of is like maybe they also included video game rights in that there, deal, but I can't imagine that was the no, case. There's no way. There, I mean, that's just that's not how that that's not how that works because it's it it's Marvel Studios. Yeah, it, it, it's movie studios that are working on the movie rights the characters it wasn't marvel licensing out spider-man making the decisions of of what sony and 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 marvel studios was doing yeah there's no way playstation owns spider-man i don't believe it i don't believe it either i don't think that but they want people to think they do there's a quote at the bottom of this from scott amos which is the most don magic ass quote i've ever seen quote and for those players who absolutely want to play spider-man you have the option to do so on playstation 
which is like that is a shitty thing to say to xbox and pc owners because like i was i i ended up liking avengers a decent bit and i ended up like trying to convince some friends like hey if we want a game to play together this is not a bad one like a destiny style game totally but now they're not going to because it's the lesser version because they're, they're not going to pay xbox yeah they would play pc and it's i think square enix is convinced that Avengers is going to sell X number of copies regardless. Whatever happens, it will sell that many copies. So all they're doing is shifting the proportion. I don't think that's correct. I think they're losing sales on the Xbox and PC and I guess Stadia as well. That it doesn't, it's not going to work out that well for them unless Sony's paycheck is that fucking hefty. See, I disagree with that. And and we'll see. This this might be one of the bets that I totally fucking like uh, eat shit on. But I... I believe that Avengers, and I said this in our uh, preview of the the beta, the game's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's nowhere near as good as I wish it was. But the game is good enough, and it has the license of Avengers, and there's enough to it, and it seems like there's going to be enough added to it. I think that this is going to be an extreme hit with the mainstream audiences. My friends that do not normally play video games that just pop into Warzone every once in a while and will play Last of Us 2 because everyone's talking about it, mm-hmm. they're going to play this game. And they're going to play it wherever. Whether it's Xbox or PlayStation, they're going to play it on PlayStation just because they have PlayStations mm-hmm. uh, at this point. But I think that this game is going to transcend um, over that that hump of everyone's just going to fucking buy it. Yeah. Whether or not, and if Xbox is the only place to play, I think that so many people are going to buy it, not even knowing whether Spider Man's in it or not. So, Gregic wrote in, and actually, this is a thing that kind of related to the question of where people buy this game. But he, he Gregic wrote in with a fairly long question, so I'm going to kind of cut it down to this: Am I wrong to believe that crossplay is very important to the type of game Avengers is going to be? Do you think Spider Man's exclusivity is as unrelated to crossplay as Crystal Dynamics is insisting? Do you think the statement was actually indicative of Crystal Dynamics' larger attitude towards the game, or was this purely PR speak aimed at mollifying the game's critics? So, crossplay is, I think, one of the bigger things because it's probably not going to. They have they've said it's not going to happen immediately. It may happen at some undetermined point in the future. I think crossplay is actually super important for this kind of game. We've both played the beta. The matchmaking on the beta, if you're not playing with friends, is fucking insane. Because you have to be on a very specific quest, on a very specific screen, looking for p- other players, and they also have to be on that same thing. There's no Monster Hunter World-style SOS quest or, like, I'm looking for this monster, I'm looking for this, like, kind of thing to figure out where to go. If that install base is not full and bursting, it is going to be very hard to find people to play. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree, and I, I've been, I sound like a broken record at this point, but I just... I'm pretty shocked that going into next gen, where we're at right now in 2020, with how big this game is, that it's not launching with crossplay. And Greg and I have went back and forth on this quite a bit, where you know the big kind of crossplay hullabaloo that happened uh, over the last couple of years from you know Fortnite all the way uh, of PlayStation not playing nice with Fortnite to then mm-hmm. playing nice with Fortnite to then Call of Freaking Duty being crossplay. Like when we think about how momentous that is. That Call of Fucking Duty is able to be played on PS4 and Xbox One. When you look back to the beginning of the generation, we would have never thought that was an option. I keep saying next gen is about convenience on both sides. This is inconvenient. And this is the type of thing where we're moving into an area where games as a service is not a novelty anymore. It's a, a genre. It is a pillar of what next gen gaming, current gen gaming is. And that requires a stable 
thriving community and fan base that are playing this game. And for them to, to launch without crossplay, you can see that they are putting the importance on cross-gen over it. And that's yeah. great because that, I do think, is more important than crossplay currently. But it is a major bummer and I think a huge misstep that they're not launching with crossplay. Um, I imagine we'll get it at some point in the future, but I hope that it's sooner than later. And I know that it's not just snap your fingers, video games make magic work. Uh, but I do think that that is something that, especially with this game being delayed the way that it was, um, I'm actually pretty shocked this game's coming out now. <laughs> like, I, I think that and we're about to talk a whole lot about sales numbers and stuff uh, for video games. I think that they're looking at this like, we got to get it out because games are selling right now. <laughs> like, yeah. it'd be stupid not to. Also, like, it's been so long since the MCU, like, kind of, and or that phase ended with Endgame and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That, like, obviously not entirely their fault because of COVID and things like that, delaying Black Widow and presumably delaying the entire rest of the slate. Yeah. But I imagine they've been like, oh, shit, we need to get this game out while this Mar- while Marvel was still hot. And people, like, they are in a perfect nexus right now of Marvel being popular and also people being very pent up waiting for a new Marvel thing. Yep. So, like, oh. having a game called Avengers is going to be very good for them, like, in terms Absolutely. of sales. Which I think, so I'm going to start a conspiracy theory. I wonder if Sony, in addition to paying for Spider-Man, also went, okay, we're going to emphasize cross-generation. So if some people buy the game on PS4, they are then incentivized to buy a PS5 because they're locked in there. With backwards compatibility, even that makes it a bigger deal, especially as a game's a service. And also, don't put crossplay in for like a year or two because it works out better for PlayStation if crossplay is not in for the next 365 days. No way. And I say no way because... The amount of money that that would cost at that point, just have it be exclusive. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's an, uh, even more money, like to a ridiculous extent, but it's not like PlayStation doesn't have that ability. They could have done it, you know, or at least, and, and not that I would want this, but get a, a year of exclusivity. We know Crystal and Square are down to do that. They did it with Rise of Tomb Raider on Xbox, right? Yeah. So I don't I don't think that the the your conspiracy theory is correct. I enjoy it <laughs> as a theory. <laughs> there there are things you will be shocked to find out that Sony is money hatting that are they are like locking up for time exclusivity of like wow that's the th- like that is a game that you're choosing not because it's bad because it's huge. So mm-hmm. I am I am interested to see where this conversation is going to be in a couple of months because there there are games that are widely accepted as multi-platform that Sony is locking up for a little while. So I would not be shocked if they did something insane like that. You keep saying this. I'm so interested. <laughs> I love the little like morsels that you give me to just get my appetite wet. <laughs> Speaking of getting your appetite wet, Tim, Microsoft mm-hmm. has ended the iOS xCloud testing. They're launching as an Android exclusive. This is from Mike Peterson at Apple Insider. Microsoft has confirmed that it has ended its xCloud game service testing on iOS. On the same day, it announced a new partnership with Samsung. Project xCloud, a game streaming service akin to Google Stadia, has been available for testing on iOS since early 2020. However, due to App Store policies, users could only play one game on the service and testing was limited to 10,000 players. Ahead of a broader launch of xCloud in September, Microsoft has announced its iOS testing is concluding on August 5th, quite a bit earlier than the original September 11th conclusion date. Testing on Android is set to continue, however. Quote, our Project xCloud preview test flight period has ended on iOS, and we are focused on delivering cloud gaming as part of the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to Android customers beginning September 15th, Microsoft told The Verge. 
So basically, Blessing and I talked a little bit about this the other day. The, the Game Pass Ultimate X Cloud is launching on Android exclusively. At the time, we figured Apple was just being reticent. And I think I kind of put a, my foot in the mouth and saying, like, that's kind of Microsoft's. It's on Microsoft. It's not entirely on them. It's on Apple. It's entirely on Apple. <laughs> it's entirely on Apple. <laughs> but I never thought for a second they would just say no and it would be done. And that seems to be what's happening here is that it doesn't appear that xCloud is in any shape or form coming to iOS, which is absolutely insane to me. It is, man. And it, it's such a bummer. And it's clear, it's very clear that it's entirely on Apple's side and it's Apple bullshit that we've seen forever now when it comes to their protection over what goes on the, the store and how the different kind of cloud-based things work there. It's silly because you look at things like Netflix and, and all that and they're there. Mm -hmm. Like we can stream movies. Why can't we stream games? And um, I, I think that Look, to take this from a different angle and to not just talk shit about the Apple side, to give major props to the Microsoft side, what they did yesterday at the Samsung event, I thought was a brilliant marketing move. Right. They all of a sudden are now being seen. This is the beginning that we've been talking about, about Game Pass transcending beyond just being a feature that Xbox has. And it's now something that like the mainstream people are starting to hear about. And it's like, we all know, it's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's kind of like Stadia, but it's like, all it needs is for the mainstream people that don't know anything to be like, oh, you don't even need to buy a console. You can play the new Halo. Yeah. You don't need to buy a console. You can play all these games. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, a couple dollars, whatever. And you get this whole library of games that you can play just using the phone that you have and marketing it to the people that have those phones at a Samsung event is super smart because now all of a sudden it's not like, oh yeah, hey, we're at an Apple event and we're going to show off Super Mario Run, and that's super exciting because Nintendo's finally getting into the mobile space, whatever. And it's like we all are like, all right, what's this really going to be? This <laughs> is, hey, gamers, <laughs> these are real games. <laughs> like, you don't get any realer than Halo. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, for me, always gaming on a phone has been like this thing of... Well, I'm going to play something simple because I'm standing in a line or whatever, like a math three game, and I don't want to deplete my battery or overheat my phone. Mm -hmm. Those are two concerns. And like Microsoft saying, hey, we're not actually going to run the game. We're just going to run a video stream. It's not going to be that bad. And being able to do that in co combination with like accessories for the phone and things like that, and then saying that Halo, which is, I'm going to guess a lot of people who left gaming at some point or fell off or whatever were in their college days or high school days, whatever big Halo fans, or play the game and remember it well. So that in combination with Halo being free to play, which, like, it doesn't matter because you'd have to be on Game Pass anyway, but in combination of, like, being able to access that game for a very low cost is going to be huge for them. Yep. The only, like, going back to the iOS issue, though, Tim, I know from the fact that I text you and you have a blue text, that means you have an iPhone. Yep. I also have an iPhone. This kind of sucks for me. Oh, because I'm is, like, this is horrible, I, man. Yeah, I want to use xCloud. I want to just like, when I'm in a way in a hotel room or whatever, play games that are on Game Pass or on my home console. So here's the only thing that I, I am being hopeful for in the future. And like, this is pretty concrete and, and based on Apple's decisions in the past, I don't expect this to change overnight. But them being at the Samsung event, to me, isn't just about the phones. That's one side of it. Samsung also has TVs. 
Mm-hmm. The moment that th- that Game Pass is just an app that's on a smart TV and it just works where you can just have a controller and then with your Samsung TV play Halo. Yeah. What about LG? What about Sony TVs? <laughs> you know, at mm-hmm. some point, these smart TVs that are using these different uh, operating systems, they have these apps that are just kind of synonymous with what a smart TV is. When you're at Best Buy, one of the selling points will be Oh, you buy if you buy this TV, the Samsung TV, it has you don't even need to buy an Xbox. It's here. Yeah. And the moment more people are aware of what Game Pass is and can do and XCloud and all the stuff, that at some point is going to put Apple's feet to the fire and at some point Game Pass could, and I hope it does, turn into a Netflix like scenario where they can't say no. Because yeah. it is just it's it's something that people expect to be on a, on every platform. Like, imagine Best Buy has a sale that's, if you buy this TV, you get two, three Xbox controllers with it. And suddenly, like, oh, shit, that's... Yep. Now all these people are just going to be bought into a Halo night, like Mm -hmm. a local Halo multiplayer game with almost no extra cost. And they're going to probably go into Game Pass and stay subscribed because they got all this extra shit with it. That is... Valve had to try, like, talk to loosely about, like, yeah, we want to put Steam links in TVs. Google Stadio... That was one of the original pitches, but it doesn't seem like it's really... I don't think there's any, like, built-in Stadia apps on my TV. So that's, like, Microsoft has kind of beaten them to that punch. Or we'll probably beat them to that punch, I say. Well, real yeah. quick, with Stadia, I, I mean, they, they're selling their Chromecast, right? They are, yes. Yeah, but so that's I feel not, like can, that's where the, the real push is. Yeah, and I, th- I think Microsoft could also end up doing that, too. Like, a streaming box of, or a streaming thing that plugs in. Series S, baby. <laughs> I, Jeff the, Grubb, I know you you're gonna tell me I'm wrong till the day I die, but I don't care. <laughs> I I don't think that's Series S. I but but I bet that's like Series something. Whatever it is, I, I've been like the name. I'm not sure about, but like I've been saying that the whatever Lockhart is is gonna be that. Yeah, but I I would bet that like if Lockhart succeeds as a box that is like here's a ray tracing local box that doesn't do quite the resol- doesn't do 4K but does like 1080P then I bet they do eventually go down to like the lower levels of like, here's a fucking Roku-like thing that streams games to your system or to mm. your TV. Good enough is good enough, man. It's, I, it's all that the people need for it to work. So many people just need to see something pop up and say it's 4K for them to be like, <laughs> oh, it's 4K. Like they don't fucking know. Like when we're, we're getting to the point of, I'm talking about the, the moms and dads walking into a Best Buy that are looking at the TVs with true motion on and just being wowed by whatever the dude in the blue shirt is telling them. Yeah. I had to turn off true motion at my parents' TV and they were like, why does it look weird now? It's like, no, no, it looked oh, weird no. before. <laughs> uh, I just want to play my Xbox in bed without actually having to go to my TV. And it's honestly, Game Pass to me is it's, convenience ladies and gentlemen i keep going back to it it's the idea that i can play down here with my beautiful setup and then just be like oh, i want to keep going or like i'm in bed but i don't want to have to get up and do all this stuff cool i can just pop it on and keep going that's something that i've loved so much about the switch being so portable that 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 is like so easy to just grab and go but i'm often i remember when i was playing final fantasy 7 remake mm-hmm. and i was down here playing and then at some point gia wanted to come uh, watch a movie with her friends and i was just like damn it, like, I need to now unplug my whole PS4 to bring it upstairs, and, like, whatever. That's not the end of the world, but Mm -hmm. it is annoying. And, like, I would have taken whatever quality hit to just get something that worked (laughs) up there, you know? 
Yeah, you that makes sense. You could have gotten a second PS4 unit from the studio and just left it upstairs. Yeah, I, that, I definitely could have done that. But yeah, that's even more up, you know inconvenient. What I mean? yeah. And then you're all set. Yeah. You, you know, save in the cloud, you're all good. All you need is buy two PS4s. <laughs> which, yeah, we all, we, which let's be realistic we all had ps4s now we all have pros so where's that you know, the second ps4 yeah that was a brief like i, I want to say like six months where i had two ps4s because i didn't sell my old one yet yeah i should have used that as a bed ps4 just like i have one of those hurry monitors i could just have on the side for a separate ps4 well anything with the the xbox is my plan is to get the series x my series x will be down here my one x is going to go upstairs mm-hmm <laughs> And then, like that's going to be more than good enough. Yeah, especially so. the with the way Xbox works with cloud saves, that things constantly just like shift around as soon as you save. There's no muss or fuss about it. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I love about the Xbox, especially with the kind of jobs that we do, where you are traveling around two different systems, and you do want to have a save there on the new system without having to like actually yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Ah, convenience, ladies and gentlemen. Sony, but, step up. Enough about gaming on the sheets, Tim. Let's talk about gaming in the streets. Street Fighter Do Five it. announced new characters, okay, including really Akira from really Rival School. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> this is from Michelle, our Mitchell Saltzman at IGN. Capcom held Street Fighter Summer Update live stream today, where the developers announced four of the five new characters joining Street Fighter Five in the upcoming season five of content. New Street Fighter, character, Street Fighter characters include Dan, the longtime Street Fighter mainstay who last appeared in Street Fighter 4, Rose, who was introduced in Alpha and also appeared in Street Fighter 4, Oro, who has been seen as a playable character who has not been seen as a playable character in Street Fighter since his appearance in Street Fighter 3, and Akira Kazama, who is jumping over to Street Fighter from Rival Schools, a 1997 3D fighting game for the PS1. Those are four of the characters for the season, but there's also a mystery character who they've not yet revealed who is going to be the closer, probably the last SF5 character, period. Nakayama-san and Matsumoto-san also shared a Street Fighter V season roadmap that details the next year of content drops. Dan will release it in winter 2020. The rest of them are releasing along that line. But the most important part is that mystery character is going to be fall 2021. That is a year from now. That is a very long season, Tim. Wow, that's actually, that's crazy. It's also crazy that Dan hasn't been in Street Fighter V yet. <laughs> it I would have sworn that would have been a long time ago. You would um, think, though. Man, fall 2021. So what do you think that this means for Street Fighter VI? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Because yesterday, a rumor for, came about from Dusk Golem, who works for Reliant Horror. He's a very consistent Capcom leaker. He managed to get pretty much everything about RE8 right. Managed to get everything yeah. about RE3 Remake right. Okay. So he tweeted last night in a couple of tweets. As Capcom is trending for Street Fighter stuff, though I'm not, not really a Street Fighter fan, I can mention I know the reason for the unexpected SF5 season pass. The most basic gist of it is that SF6 was supposed to release next year, but was not received well internally or with testers. Hmm. There's this team mechanic the game was too focused on. The director, who was Ona, or he wrote Eno, but uh, got demoted again, and someone else put in charge to fix SF6 with an additional year in dev. The new season pass is to buy time for that. There's a bit more to it, but I know talking about this stuff makes people ask, want to ask you more about it, and I don't really care that much about fighting games, though my brother loves them. For what it's worth, I've heard the extra year and new director fixes dire- the direction they've taken, and I hope it has been doing wonders. I typoed Eno, but I met Ono. He was the director of SS6, but the game didn't come out good. The new director I don't know much about, but I hear she's pretty well known in the fighting game community and brought some really cool ideas to fix the game with what was there. Hmm. So this kind of jives with things I have heard. Of Interesting. SF6 was supposed to release next year, 
and the announcement has been delayed. It was originally supposed to be a Capcom Pro Tour announcement, and now seems to have been like pushed off. I am not shocked hearing about this because I very like I recently heard about things that like about this game that sounded very ambitious. I'm like, that is a weird thing to say now when the game is supposedly like a couple of months or whatever, 12 months away from release when this is a very big thing that would take a long time to do. So mm-hmm. I am not shocked by what Dust Golem here is saying of, yeah, it looks like they're st- stretching out the SF5 season so they have something while SF6 still takes its time. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. What do you, you think is going on with the Versus games, if anything? I feel like after Infinite, they're probably taking a long break on those games. Because Infinite sounds like, just from development down, it was a, just a huge shit show. So I would bet I would bet there's probably never going to be another Marvel vs. Capcom. Damn. Unless, like, unless they change, like... Because working with Marvel was apparently the worst part of that. So yeah. unless they Marvel just drastically changes how they work with game companies... I don't think that's going to happen again. I would expect, if, if I were Capcom, this is not something I know, I just, like, what I would do if I were them is take that Marvel engine and actually just make it Capcom versus Capcom or Capcom versus Sega or something mm-hmm. who is, someone who is easier to work with and just put SNK. the the base. Yeah, they should do another Capcom versus SNK. I fucking love those games. <laughs> hmm. But all hmm. that, like... Tatsunoku. Tatsunoko versus Capcom was actually really, really good. I fucked with it so hard. I love that shit. And the art style was surprising. Like, they made that game look amazing on Wii, and not a whole lot of games looked amazing exactly. on Wii. Exactly. That's a very good point. But yeah, I, I'm i interested to see what SF6 actually ends up looking like. And I, it's... So, there was a fighting game roundtable a couple of days ago where they were just doing the announcement they were going to do at EVO, just like, here's DLC characters or whatever. Harada of Tekken is very good friends with Ono. Ono was not on that roundtable, and at one point, Harada just changed his picture to a picture of Ono, and you could see everyone, the Capcom people who were there, like, react really badly to that. Really? Like, wow. So the idea that Ono got demoted and isn't working on Street Fighter anymore, not actually, you know, that far-fetched based on that reaction interesting interesting gossip but, everybody i mean if street fighter 5 didn't sell that well let me tell you about a game that did sell really well animal crossing new horizon sales reached 22 million as nintendo's net profits rise over 500 percent year on year this is from adam bankhurst at ign nintendo's <sighs> first quarter results for its fiscal year ending march 2021 have revealed some impressive details including that animal crossing new horizons has sold over 22 million copies this and the switch itself has sold over 61 million copies and nintendo's net profits year on year have grown over 500 percent animal crossing new horizons at 22.4 million units sold has become the second best-selling nintendo switch game period game behind mario kart 8 deluxe's 26.74 million it has surpassed Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which has sold 19.99 million and 18.60 million units, respectively. 19.99. So close, Smash Brothers. So I put this... I, I don't need to find my tweet because it was like late at night when I wrote them. But to put these things in perspective, Breath of the Wild has sold 1.2 million copies this quarter. That means the game has crossed 20 million copies total. For perspective... That's the total sales of Wind Waker, Wind Waker on both GameCube and Wii U, Twilight Princess of GameCube, Wii, and Wii U, and Skyward Sword all combined. Insane. So it is by far the best-selling Zelda game, period. 
I mean, you know, we can do that going down the, I mean, maybe not adding them all up, but like, I feel like almost every single, if not every single Nintendo franchise on the Switch has some story like that. There's some stat you can put to it that's just like mind blowing. And then you even look at like some new IPs or bizarre IPs. Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics selling 1.32 million units. It's a 1.3, 1.03. Xenoblade sold 1.32. Gotcha. But like, I mean, still over a million. Yeah, Xenoblade was a game that Nintendo didn't even want to release in America. That they were like dragging their feet for, I want to say, years on that game. Yeah. And then Xenoblade Two ended up selling. I want. I think it's at two million now. So Xenoblade Two took two years to sell two million. Xenoblade Definitive Edition took thirty-three days to sell one point three two million. So That's... everything like it, it is like the NES era of like every game selling a million copies because it is ridiculous at this point. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, at this point, didn't the Switch outsell the NES? Yes. The, so the Switch itself is at, hold on, 61.44 million copy, or million units. The NES is at 61.91. So it'll probably outsell. Okay. Honestly, by the time they got the numbers, the time they said the numbers, it probably outsold the NES. Well, that's the thing. Is like, So this ended on my birthday, June 30th, and it's yeah. now August 6th. So we're like over a slightly over a month. Um, out of this so you got to imagine that smash hit that 20 mil (laughs) Uh, honestly though looking at just animal crossing not only is it now the second highest selling uh switch game it did it in four or five months yeah it is ridiculous like i think someone asked me this on twitter and i couldn't i didn't actually do the research but they suggested it was the fastest selling exclusive ever like period of any system interesting which that probably is true 22 million in a couple of months is probably better than any first party game sony put out any first party game microsoft's put out like i can't ima- i can't think of anything that would would compete with that unless maybe we started counting like bundled in software like Wii sports that might yeah. be the only thing mm, mm. but like I mean, man like rings of I- adventure did 3 million it like our four it did over four million, which makes it the best JRPG debut since Kingdom Hearts. Wow, it is such a ridiculous thing. And I know we're kind of gushing over Nintendo sales numbers here, but they also put out their scheduled list of upcoming games. I don't know if you saw, saw this, Tim. I did unfortunately. It's, it's sad. It's, it's not dire, great. man. Like I just don't get it, especially when look at this. Put games out now. People yeah. are going to buy these fucking games. If this Mario 3D collection is real, why isn't it here now? Yeah. Why did they announce Pikmin 2 for, or Pikmin 3 for like three months from now? When that game is done, it could come out now. You can preload it now. The entire game could sit on your SD card, but they're just not releasing it yet. Yeah, that is that is a very, very, very bizarre choice. Because I feel like Pikmin will only sell more now than it would later given the situation with where we're at in the world and and the hunger for Nintendo games. Like I know we had paper Mario. I'm extremely excited to see what paper Mario's sales numbers end up being. Yeah. It's going to cross a million. It should definitely be the best selling paper Mario. Like that game should have no problem crossing that Rubicon. Yeah, totally. And then, so here's, here's the thing for me is looking at this, obviously smash brothers now uh, being the number three best selling switch game. That's going to continue to go up the best selling fighting game of all time. I don't think it'll ever be dethroned. Number one is still Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. 
a game that was on Wii U and sold 12 million copies there. And I'm sure mm-hmm. some degree of that was double dipping, but like that is I would bet that there is a Mario Kart 9 sitting on a computer somewhere. Like not a finished game, but like a a project that they're like, we don't really fucking need to release this. Like save this for Switch 2. Cause why the fuck would we ever when Mario Kart 9 is still or Mario Kart 8 is still doing so well? I don't know, man. I not only really want a new Mario Kart, <laughs> I think that it would serve the system very well in terms yeah. of like it's been at this point seven years since we got a new mario kart that mm-hmm. sucks <laughs> seven years <laughs> like that's so long and i would honestly like, even take dlc just tracks at this point i mean exactly imagine how many people would buy those like yeah. but I, I i still want them to just put out a super nintendo cart and have it be a smash Brothers style cart game like imagine how that would sell you still call it mario kart because like yeah. that has that the name recognition or whatever but, oh, man, I, I really, really, really want a new Mario Kart. I think that it would sell so well. What are <laughs> they, they're like, at, why they're not? At Link, Link, Inkling, Isabel, and Villager are the mm-hmm. guest characters. So they can yeah. easily, like, Samus should absolutely be there in, like, a her spaceship as a cart. Like, yeah. don't go too far with it. Like, still make it, like, a 70-30 split. But I think it would it would work pretty well if they put in, like, one new Nintendo character per Mario Kart. No, 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 not 70-30. I, I want there to be, I want it to be 70-20-10. And I want that 10 to be just Fire Emblem characters. <laughs> just Marth and, like, other types of Marth. <laughs> like, not even good, like, varied Fire Emblem characters. These are not, like, it's not Edelgard and the other characters from Three Houses. No, it's no, 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 Marth, no, no. Byleth, and... Blue-haired sword characters. Like, yeah. So, like, to put a little context in the Switch consoles, I made a note. It... For the PS4 to hit 60 million, it did that in April 2017. So that was a roughly the same time frame that Switch has done it. The Xbox One hit 40 million, so not even 60 million in 2018. We've not gotten new numbers since then. So that's Switch has long, long, long outsold the Xbox One. Will it outsold the PS4? Is my question to you, Tim. Oh. Okay. I won't answer your question until you answer my question. <laughs> sure. Imran, you're real smart. You're real smart about Nintendo stuff. What do you expect for the Switch? And this this is probably a Gamescast topic. So we <laughs> actually, we will talk about this. I want to I uh, bookmark this. We'll go deep into this at some point on Gamescast. But just give me your top level thoughts. What is the future of the Switch for the next couple of years? Because I feel like with where we're at with this drought this year, we know that we still have that list of games they showed, which is Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime, and uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Mm-hmm. Should we be expecting much more there? Or is a Switch 2 coming sooner than we might think? So that all, like, all, I think all that depends on what happened this year. If this year was bare bones and COVID just made it worse, then I don't expect 2021 to be great for Switch. But... If this year was supposed to be a lot better, and then they end up pushing stuff over to next year, then I think 2021 is going to be a Switch relaunch year of like Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta, all those games we've been waiting for, plus a bunch of things that they haven't talked about. Like Pokemon Snap is honestly one of my most anticipated things for Switch, and we didn't know about that game four months ago. So if that's the kind of thing that we can look forward to, I'm just being like, yo, bitch, we put on like all the, we put on Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze 2, or we, these are all amazing games that we just didn't talk about at all before this. Oh, then gosh. I'm excited for 2021. Combine that with what I think will probably be a Switch Pro at that time, or a Switch 
whatever new switch or whatever they call it mm -hmm. then i think that is going to be that'll help them compete against new consoles and not have to worry about like the switch falling behind amongst like momentum for the next generation yeah <sighs> what an interesting time i would have never thought going into this year that I would be here once again. For some reason, every year I'm always on the Nintendo financial episode of Games Daily, <laughs> like every time. Um, but I'd never thought that I'd be here with these record-setting numbers and being this disappointed in Nintendo's output. I was so stoked at the beginning of the year. I remember writing the script for the like kind of funny 2020. Like, here's all the things. It's like like all this next gen stuff. It's the biggest year in gaming. PS5, Xbox Series X. We don't even know what Nintendo's doing. And here we are. <laughs> We still, we don't, still don't know, know. what Nintendo's doing. <laughs> so, Tim, I know you're disappointed in Nintendo right now, but let me let you be a little bit more disappointed. Pikmin 3, which was announced for the Switch yesterday, has been removed for the, from the Wii U eShop. This is from Brian what? and Nintendo Everything. When Nintendo announced Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for Switch, you may recall that Nintendo pulled the listing from the Wii U eShop. Something similar has now happened with Pikmin 3. Pikmin 3 Deluxe is revealed for Switch earlier today. The original version is no longer available on the Wii U eShop. Searching for the game doesn't bring up any results. A Pikmin 3 Wii U listing is still up on Nintendo's website, for now anyway, but there's no option to buy a digital copy. Of course, mm. you're still free to use any physical copy you have, and we assume those who bought it originally should be able to continue downloading the game in the future. Retailers also still appear to be selling codes. Nintendo itself, however, is no longer offering the digital version directly. So what's important to note here is that Pikmin 3 on the Wii U is $20. Pikmin 3 on the Switch is $60. Granted, it comes with DLC and some new content and things like that, but there is a pretty stark price difference between the two. Yeah. This sucks. This sucks and it's shitty of them. It's super, super shitty of them. This is going to affect a grand total of three people in the entire yes. world, but it's still shitty. It's not about that. It's about the fact that, like, like they could have just not done this and had three people save some money. Yeah, like, this is not... If somebody has a Wii U, never bought Pikmin 3, and feels like, I don't know, maybe now that people are talking about it, I'll go buy it, they are not going to make a huge dent on the Switch, like, potential sales base. So this just feels like them being petty and anti-consumer for no good reason. Yeah, it's... I honestly feel like this is a decision someone made that they're just like, well, who cares? And <laughs> not expecting it to turn into a headline. Yeah. Like, they did with Tropical Freeze are. and, like... Exposed, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, and like they will get some heat from journalists about it and like some heat from like Twitter, but for the most part, it's probably not going to matter. But that's why it sucks more. That's why like I I want to believe that Nintendo's out to make money, but they're not out to make money on the backs of like people. But mm -hmm. this this to me is saying like we don't we don't trust people to think the Switch version is better enough to like buy that and that also rings some alarm bells in my head of like is this what i don't know if that's, i don't think that's the case because i mean they're gonna add a funky mode or something Ron. don't <laughs> be ridiculous some, they've added some more content and they packed in all the dlc which i think is about i want to say 19 dollars. so like we're getting closer to how much this would cost but yeah no it just the the funky mode i think is the more egregious example in dying on tropical freeze because that added basically nothing. Like, that already mode that if you like Funky Kong and you want an easier version, there you go. But if you wanted to buy it 10 bucks cheaper, you could have, and that what wouldn't have been an issue. Joke. It's ridiculous, yeah. man. But I mean, I, I think that it's important for us to talk about this shit in the same way that talking about the dual, dual sense being 
sorry, the DualShock 4 not being compatible with PS5 games. Mm-hmm. Is it to be expected? Yes. Yeah. Am I surprised Nintendo did this? No. But we should still be like, hey, it shouldn't be that way. You know, and I, I feel like I, it's not like I'm mad or, or disappointed. No, I am disappointed. I'm disappointed in Sony for not allowing mm-hmm. DualShock 4s to work. Is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. But it is just annoying and shitty. And yeah. it needs to be called out for being annoying and shitty. That's how we end up getting the things that like the things that we're OK with in terms of like digital licenses and stuff like that is because companies have said this is the way we have to do it. And then we kind of just accept that. People should be mad and upset. They should be disappointed about things like the DualSense or DualShock and this Pikmin thing and stuff like that. So they stop doing it. So that they do eventually go like, maybe not this time, but eventually they go, okay, yeah, that didn't work out great last time. Let's just, you know, why not have more options? Yeah. Yeah. Because like the DualShock thing is a little dumb because I feel like one, every third party is going to require to be compatible with the Xbox One controller and probably the DualShock on the PC. So those games will have to work on that anyway. Mm-hmm. It, it's all just a very... It feels like they are inviting criticism for a thing that is not going to make them that much more money in the end. Yeah, it's all it's all silly. And like I think that the thing to keep in mind, and because it's always difficult to have these discussions anywhere, let alone the internet, but I feel like it's stuff that we need to call out as being disappointing not surprising but not necessarily the end of the world not everything needs to be this like i am so upset that i can't play with my ps4 controller on ps5 but it's just more like i should be able to yeah period (laughs) you know it's like i'm not gonna lose sleep over it which is like what the comments would make you think i am (laughs) but i I am like "Eh, it sucks I hope that when Nintendo does launch a Switch 2 that they do take notes of like smart delivery and things like that. And it's not like, here's Breath of the Wild. Like, <laughs> Oh, God, I wish. You're that right. Would be great. They should. But you know who is doing that is Bethesda. It's Doom Eternal and Skyrim are coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. This is a press release from the company. The Elder Scrolls Online and Doom... Wait, so, hold on. I didn't actually read this press release before, so the headline might be different than the actual that, thing. That's not correct, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so the Elder Scrolls Online and Doom Eternal are coming to Xbox Series X and PS5. Players who own or purchase either title on Xbox One or PS4 will be able to upgrade for free to the Xbox Series X and PS5 versions, respectively, when those versions are are available. Additionally, our teams are working hard to ensure both titles will support backwards compatibility when the new console launches. Okay, so Greg put this on here. It's not Skyrim. It is Elder Scrolls Online. Skyrim, I would, would not be shocked if they just released again. Because <laughs> why not? It's tradition yeah. at this point. <laughs> like, I would feel weirder if Skyrim were free than if it were not. Honestly, I'm not going to pay for it. I don't need Skyrim again. But I do understand, like, this is just ESO and Doom Eternal. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Skyrim will come eventually. I'm, I'm sure it will. It, it will come to, like... There will be Skyrim, there will be Skyrim VR next gen, there will be Skyrim xCloud version. I like there's going to be a Skyrim on everything. You will never be more than two feet from a Skyrim. Good. I'd have it no other way. All right, Tim. That the next gen, very far away. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to know what's coming to the mom and grandpa house today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that we are sponsored by Hymns. 
4hims.com is all about men's wellness. If you need help with hair loss, erectile dysfunction, or if you have a cold, interested in mental health or COVID-19 home test, Hims is here for you. We all have issues that we're uncomfortable with, and sometimes going to a doctor can be a challenge. Just remember, your problems are normal and treatable. We've told the story many times before. Andy and Nick wanted to get their hair situation solved. They used Hims, and now they have their hair and they are feeling real good about it. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. It's time to prevent more hair loss, and there's no better time than while you still have some. Thanks to science, hair loss can be optional. Hims connects you to FDA-approved products to treat hair loss, and they have thousands of happy customers loving their results. If approved, products will be shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging. Today, Hims is giving you the best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, you guys can get your first visit absolutely free. Go to 4 slash games daily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash games daily. Full refund of price paid is available for the first 90-day supply. Refund requests must be made between 90 and 180 days after the project shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details. 4 slash games daily. Imran. What's coming to mom and grab shops today? Thank you for Kevin for, I know I caught you off guard with that one, but you, he's always ready. I'm always ready, baby. I'm always ready. (laughs) (laughs) Out today, airy broken memories for Xbox one, switch PC clan N on Xbox one, PC, switch PS4. It lurks below is out on Xbox one. Undermine is out on Xbox one and PC. Titan glory is out on switch. Memory Lane is out on Switch. Crowdy Farm Rush. <laughs> Crowdy Farm Rush. I don't know why I just suddenly laughed at that one. Just looking at the words together made it feel like a fake game title. Oh, like all of these? Yeah. <laughs> Crowdy Farm Rush is out on Switch. Kukuro Day is out on Switch. Frontline Zed is out on Switch. All Drink right. More Glurp. Drink More Glurp mm-hmm. <laughs> is a video game coming to Switch and PC. All right. Instant Sports Summer Games is out on Switch. Alphadia Genesis is on Switch. Cruel Band's Career is out on Switch. Ultra Food Mess is out on Switch. Pus, exclamation mark, is on iOS and Android. And Undermine, we already mentioned, but it's out on Game Pass as well. New dates. Serious Sam 4 is coming out September 24th on PC and Stadia. The Adventures of Pip is coming out on Nintendo Switch on September 10th. Deal of the day. The Torchlight 1 and 2 pack on Steam is $2.99 on Fanatical. Borderlands 3 is free to play this weekend on Xbox One, PS4, Stadia, and Steam. Let's get cool. into some reader mail. Nicole Humphrey writes in and says, Salutations. With the announcement that Pikmin 4 is coming to Switch, Wii U has lost yet another exclusive. At this point, only a few games of consequence remain yet to be ported to the Switch. Zelda Wind Waker HD is the only one that comes to mind, even though I would not mind Star Fox. At this point, the Wii oh, U yeah. has become even more irrelevant than it already was. Do you think we will get a get to a point where people forget it even existed? <laughs> no. So there's still, still a couple of Wii U games that need to make the crossover. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Star Fox. Star Fox is whatever. I don't think that's a good game. But a horrible game. Xenoblade X absolutely needs to come. That game is stuck on Wii U, and it's better than people give it credit for. I didn't I, give it a shot. It looked cool. It had the robots. It had the robots, and people need the robots on Switch. Yes. I, I just want my 3D world. I want 3D world, and I, of course, want the Zeldas. But... Really, I want 3D World because yeah. that is a game that I think nowhere near enough people gave the credit that it deserved because I feel like everyone kind of wrote it off as it was during that time where not only was it on the Wii U, 
So that kind of had its own set of issues against it. But also it was when there was just like a, a bit of Mario fatigue happening mm-hmm. and everyone was so new Super Mario Bros out, especially with uh, new Super Mario Brothers 2 coming out and that just being what it was, that I think that people to this day look at Mario, people that aren't like hardcore Nintendo fans, they look at Mario 3D Land and 3D World as the same thing. Yeah. And they're not. <laughs> yeah, people like people make a weird separation between like say the Galaxy games and 3D World, even though like there's more than there's more that binds them together than like pushes them apart. Totally. And that Mario 3D World had the unfortunate timing to have to go against the launches of PS4 and Xbox One, and it had to hold up. Like, so you remember when back in the GameCube days, and Nintendo was like doing their thing and people were like oh nintendo's so kiddie i wish they would make more mature games that like compete with the ps2 and xbox mm-hmm. but it's like okay no actually those gamecube games hold up really well in their classics yep i think 3d world had that thing of it had so many fan expectations to blast to justify the wii u and blast the ps5 and xbox one out of the water and it, it just ended up being a fantastic game and that's it yep and i think that people hold that against it and it i think if it did get a new life on switch those expectations would not be there and the people would just learn to appreciate that game. But, but here's the thing. In in so many ways, the Switch not only gives Wii U games a second life, they give it a better life. And I think that this is one of those cases where the, so much of the fun of Mario 3D World was four-player multiplayer. What did it require for four-player multiplayer? Four fucking Wii U Pro controllers. It's like so many ass-backwards decisions were made with that console that just put it in such a bad position where it's like, cool, I have my GameCube controllers and my GameCube adapter to play Smash Brothers for Wii U, and that totally works. I should be able to use these controllers for Mario 3D World. Oh, no. No. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But here we are. You can use Wiimotes, but those suck. But that's the thing. is like you need the Wiimotes with the nunchuck, and at that point, who had four lying around (laughs) from the Wii days that – still kept a charge or whatever like all, there were so many like issues with those things or that weren't all fucking nasty and crusty like i remember this being a big issue man yeah um and so i, I feel I, like that game coming to switch oh my god it's going to be a mega hit i think if they do it they do it with online play i think they realize that is what that game needs you're so silly you're so silly everybody you're a big thinker you're a big dreamer <laughs> it's nintendo we're talking about you're right they should do that mm-hmm. i could see them positioning that as their big holiday title honestly because like we didn't talk about that that sales number, but New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Seven million. Seven million copies for a game that was, all they added was Toadette. And they actually ended up removing some things because they didn't work without the gamepad. And it sold seven million copies. It is almost pure profit. Yeah. It is, I think they could reasonably put 3D World as their holiday title this year and sell five, six million copies off of that. Absolutely. All right, now it's time to squat up. This is from Frankfurter. I'm going to get straight to your squat up, Frankfurter. He is doing a quiz show on Twitch. His Twitch name is Frank, F-A-R-A-N-K-K-F-U-R-T-T-E-R. That's one of those things like the, the letter comes out weird or the sound comes out weird in my mouth. I'm like, did I say that right? And I have no idea. <laughs> Frankfurter, good morning, best friends. Back again with a dumb event. This time I will be taking over Jeopardy hosting duties from the one and only Billy the Door and be hosting my own dumb quiz, dumb version of a video game quiz show. Tonight, Billy the Door, Brewers and Zero Zero, Cam, the People's Champ, Cinephile Guy, and that silly mod, the Nanobiologist, will be going head-to-head against each other and my dumb questions. We are bound to have fun time, so come join us tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash frankfurter with two T's. All right, now let's look at your wrong. Let's see what we got wrong through the show. Usually it's nothing. We usually get absolutely nothing wrong. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, wait, hold on. I didn't put the squad up song. I, I, Kevin, we need to put that squad up song at some point. I don't, I don't think we have a squad up song. Someone tweeted it at me, so I might need to tweet it at no, you. No, I, I did see that. I was hoping you didn't. <laughs> I didn't like it. If I'm being no, honest, terrible. it freaked me out. It was too much, Greg. <laughs> It is way too much. Greg is way too. I want to use the word dubsteppable. I don't know that's a word, <laughs> but that is. That, I love that. That is what he is. He is too dubsteppable. Um. Yeah. The one thing I'm seeing here is from Frankfurter, and I just verified that it's real on GamesRadar.com. Uh, the Last of Us 2 Factions multiplayer gameplay footage leaks online. There's uh, 11 seconds of it leaked. So maybe that'll be talked about today. Okay, that makes sense. Because I can't imagine they wait too long to do that because like that kind of runs into PS5 stuff. But yeah, I, I'm interested. As someone who like didn't necessarily jive with Last of Us 2, I'm interested in playing that multiplayer. Could be interesting. I know Bless is excited. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, that's it. We kind of nailed it. it. All right. Tomorrow, Greg, Greg and... Greg and Blessing are the hosts. I wanted to say Greg and Blessing, mm-hmm. but I think that's them. a good host name for them. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are sub at silver level or above on patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Games Daily.